Welcome to Camden Cast. I'm Tanvi. And I'm Erin. And this is our seventh heaven podcast. In this episode of Camden Cast, we will be discussing season three, episode five of Seventh Heaven, the title of which is End a Night. Well, it's Ellipsis and a Nice Chianti. Or if you are in Germany, it is called Doubtful Driving Pleasure. So, what is a Chianti or Chianti or Chianti? Chianti. Um, Whatever. I'm not a classy broad. I have no idea what that is. It's a red wine. Um, I believe it's Italian. Um, yeah, it's Italian. And you mentioned it was a reference to something? Oh, yeah. This is obviously a reference to um, Silence of the Lambs when, like. Which I have not seen. Yeah, I have. I forget exactly the context of it. He like is like eating a human being, and he's like, and then you know, or talking about eating human beings, and so this leave re- liver, and he's like, and a nice Chianti, you know, oh. pairing pairing human uh, body parts with uh, Chianti. So um, that title should mean that there's some sort of cannibalism in this episode, but uh, unfortunately, there is not. Or fortunately, there isn't. Um, I mean, we're trying to target all of our audiences here. All the cannibals and the non-cannibals. It's not for me. Not for but, me either. But anyway, uh, the our IMDb user synopsis for this episode is... To all other Camdens' horror, pig-headed Mary just got her driver's learning permit and is out for miles. Matt initially escapes having to accept a ride, but his new car is stolen by a pregnant girl whose car, actually reported stolen by her parents, he gallantly offered to check on a story two passing-by cops refused to believe. Simon takes the school bus, where seats are reserved by jungle law, but overplays his hand when offering the chief bully help from apparent fellow nerd Marvin. Lucy gets attention on her bus from cocky Stevie, whose thus-dumped girl and two buddies are out for revenge. So... Jungle law. That is Jungle gold. Law. Pig-headed Mary. That is gold. Um, I also have a fan review, which I will read some choice snippets of. Yeah. Um, it's The title of this review is, This was rather cheesy, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Mary got her learner's permit, and the kids don't want to ride with her because the don't want people seeing that their mother is pregnant. Uh, both Simon and Lucy have had bad experiences on the bus, I loved how Mary taught the lesson. It was well, totally Matt. Mary did not tell them off, but but taught them a lesson. Way to go, Mary. Um, Then there's stuff about the pregnant girl. Uh, They find the pregnant girl, and Annie and Eric help her. Mary sort of becomes friends with her. They have her parents over to tell them that she is pregnant because they don't know, and she looks six months pregnant. Her parents are just cold and will not help her. Uh, this has the cheesy Seventh Heaven ending. The pregnant girl is li- li- living with Elizabeth, who just wants a friend who needs her. With the happy-to-be-alive woman, the pregnant girl and Elizabeth have fun. At the end, at the very end, Elizabeth meets a person with her son's art, heart, one with his kidney, and one with his eyes. Oh, and Annie finally puts out the undergar- underpants on the ground like she has been threatening to do. I'm sorry. I can't. Um, it ends with a hug of pregnant and happy and one with the grateful recipients, and Elizabeth and Eric is standing there a proud man. Overall, I really enjoyed this episode, even if it was cheesy. And anger absorbs pee. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what that means. So, anger, 
Anger absorbs pee. What? I, I've never heard that before. What does it mean? There's only one way to find out. I'm not Googling that. <laughs> oh, that's not what I meant. Oh, okay. I don't want to do that either. Um, so, what was your first impression of this episode? Um, I don't even know. There was too much happening. I think they did what they've been tr- trying to do in the last few episodes, like giving everybody a storyline. Um, I, I don't even know if I have a first impression. No impression. No impression. I mean, you again, it was kind of boring at the end. I yeah. Don't wanna, you know. Yeah. It kind of lost its, like... I think what happens is, at, like, the three-quarters mark of every episode, it, like... Feels we, like it should be over. Yes, and then it just keeps on going when it should just stop. Um, that's my first impression. So this one just kept going? <laughs> too much. Just too much. Um, Anger absorbs pee. So... <laughs> This episode, uh, I guess we'll start with the cold open. Yes. In uh, which... They are baking a cake. Well, they're... Uh, more baked goods. Uh, the food Annie. on this episode, on the show, always looks so good. I really wanted the hot dogs from the last episode. Annie uh, Camden, come bake us goods. Please. That cake looked really good, and it had, like, extra frosting, and oh. Oh, so good. Um, they're baking a cake, and the kids... It's, yeah, it's Annie, Ruthie, Simon... Lucy and like Matt is somewhere, but Mary and the Rev are not there. And they're talking about how they want to start taking the bus to school to, uh, the next day. And I'm very confused as to why that's happening until we find out that today is Mary's uh, driver's test. Yes. Um, and then like the next, I don't know. Um, Annie tells them to be nice or something, and that like today. Oh, she says today was only the written test. And Mary's a smart girl, so, like, I don't know, be nice to her or whatever. And then the Rev walks in, and uh, he kind of announces the news before Mary can come in behind him that she passed her, I guess, the written portion of her learner's permit test, which we learn permits her to drive with, like, a licensed driver in the car. I guess someone who's... Like, Matt Matt doesn't qualify. Like, it needs to be someone of a, of a certain age. I think it's supposed to be 21 or older. Yeah. So uh, the person who's going to be doing that is going to be Annie. And this kind of cements the fact that Lucy and Simon are going to ride the bus. And that is the cold open. So um, I think from this we should do storyline by storyline. So, Novel plan. Yes. Um, so that's Mary's storyline, basically. No. Yeah, she gets. A, she has her license. Uh, she's all excited. We, I mean, the kids also kind of play it up that she's a bad driver. Right. Which there has been no evidence of yet, but we learn that as, as no, our user... No, there has user, been evidence. In, like, a past episode, they Oh, often, when she hit the mailbox. Yes, they offhandedly mentioned that, yeah. But, um, yeah, the, the, we are led to believe, the audience is led to believe that the reason they don't want to drive with her is because they're afraid they're going to die. <laughs> but, as our user review told us... That is not the actual or, reason. Yeah, not the user review, the synopsis. So... That's her entire storyline, is just driving people around the entire time. Um, so, Ruthie in this episode, we'll just do really quickly, uh, has the role of putting on different sports... Being dramatic. ...things uh, in an effort to keep her life safe. Uh, she wears a football helmet and then later on wears hockey a hockey mask. mask. Um, that's really it. By the end of the episode, oh, at the end of the episode, she asks Simon if she can borrow his catcher's mask, so... 
she and she, at one point she gives a speech about how she's an equal. First of all, she explains hockey pretty accurately, I guess. So Erin is not really a hockey person, and that's sad for her. I guess. Um, so, she, but then she's like, oh, but I like give equal opportunity to all sports. So, because they're like, why are you wearing different sports you gear should- every? Uh, you mentioned the thing about no and any, which I had noticed. But oh. It's a thing that you noticed. So this is something on my second view around. I guess this is like my second impression. I've noticed a lot. I'm not sure if they did it. And I think they starting in season two, Ruthie frequently says things um, that uses the incorrect grammar and says like, I can't even think of an example. Uh, we, we I don't, don't got no teeth. Yes. And then everyone like I don't. someone else says any and then she'll make a joke about it because all they're saying is like, you know, all they say is any. They don't repeat the entire thing. So then, she, um, like once the rev, she says like, I don't, I didn't, I don't got no, whatever. And the rev said any, and she was like, well, exactly. So um, that's been a thing, and they did it in this episode a lot. Yeah, once it was like two or three times, but they have been doing it since. Season two, I just don't remember exact. I don't think I thought it was going to be a recurring thing, and then I kept noticing it. So, just meant they'll probably stop doing it now. So, like Ruthie's, what are we doing? Another thing that she does, a little bit she's got going on. Um, so, moving on to the next eldest Camden, um, Simon's experience on the school bus. First of all, I would I just want to say generally about school buses. Um, I like. Per- personally have a problem with this. Um, I don't know how everybody else's school bus experience went. No, I think that this is the way it's supposed to work, what you say, that that there's, like, a route, and there's certain people who get on at each stop, and that's that's it. Yeah, and, like, you're supposed to be registered beforehand to be, like, allowed on the school bus. Like, I remember when I took the school bus, there was, like, an attendance sheet, and there was, like, a bus monitor person that ticked you off every time you were supposed to be there, so an extra person on the bus was not allowed and you couldn't just willy-nilly walk on and off like you had to follow certain rules and Simon and Lucy just decide they're going they to start go taking to the, the stop bus and they they let them on um but we re- learned that that causes havoc to the entire school bus environment. Um, so for si- not for the reason that we said that it's not like there aren't enough seats or anything. Uh, so Simon comes in to the school or walks into the school bus and learns very quickly that there's kind of like a dynamic. The jocks or bullies or like tough kids all sit in the back, and the people that are deemed like nerdy and geeky um, or like dorky and stuff all have to sit in the front. And one of those uh, geeky characters, we found out his name is Marvin. And you all will recognize Marvin as, uh, he's the the actor's name, Adam Wiley. And I personally know him as Gilbert from Under Wraps. Um, That was one of my favorite Disney Channel original movies uh, about the mummy that comes to life on Halloween. (laughs) I had a crush on the lead actor in that movie. Anyway, um, and I think, like, he was on Even Stevens also. Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Um, actually, there were a couple of characters, uh, actors from Even Stevens from this on this episode, which we'll get to later. Oh, okay. But he like perpetually plays that same kind of like nerdy, bullied character. Yeah. Um, so this kid, as soon as uh, uh, Simon gets off the bus, this kid is getting bullied about like copying homework. Yeah, he's like, you, you need to go. Fin- the, so the the cool kid that's bullying him is Nick. Like, yeah, Nick is like, you need to go finish your homework so that I can copy it. And the kid, Marvin, is like, 
well, it's an essay, so that doesn't really work like that because it needs to be in your own words, um, and you can't steal my words. Uh, but, like, Simon, like, saves the day. He's like, uh, what's happening here? And he's like, why doesn't he help you write your essay instead of, like, giving you his essay or whatever? And for some reason, Nick thinks that's, like, He's like, oh, you're, you're real smart, Camden. Um, and suddenly there's this, like, new uh, balance in the <laughs> environment of the school bus. Everything where, is fixed. Yeah, where, like, the bullies and the nerds are starting to sit together because... Well, first, then there's the... the um there's a scene in the school hallway where Nick, well, Marvin is, like, talking to Simon, and he's like, it worked out perfectly. I helped him. And then Nick comes, and he's like, you know, we're buds. Do you think you could get some of the kids from the front of the bus to help the kids at the back of the bus with their homework? And Marvin is like, we can arrange that. So the next time Simon boards the bus, everybody claps a standing for him. ovation, yeah. And suddenly, like, kids are sitting together that were never sitting together before, and it's a whole brand new world. Um, I will also say, though, that the best bus driver in this episode, especially on Simon's bus, is my hero. Um, He constantly... doesn't want any of this. No, he's constantly fed up with Simon. Uh, It all comes back to bite Simon in the ass when we find out that Marvin is not really as nerdy as he is perceived to be. He's a C student. Um, And Nick, the bully, got an F on his essay. Yeah. So he's basically, he's run out of the bus um, by the bus driver of all people. Yeah. Um, the bus driver says something about, I, for one, am really happy about, like, this turn well, of events Yeah, like, Nick, Nick kicks him off, and then he's like, or, I don't know who kicks yeah. Whatever. Simon can't ride the bus anymore because he mistakenly decided that the kids at the front of the bus were smart. Right. He just assumed, he decided that. Yeah. That no, there was no indication that that is true, um, and he just made. Well, I don't know. It was nice for like a day. There was harmony yeah. on the school bus for a day. He uh, basically did what the what the rev always does, which is butt in where he shouldn't have butt in. And unlike the rev, though, everything went. I was going to say pussy up, but that's not the word, is it? <laughs> um, I don't even know what you mean. It just bottoms up. I think is what I meant to say. <laughs> I don't know why I said what I said. <laughs> I don't know why you're, you're always like, I shouldn't say that. And then it's something you've already said. It's good. It's good. It <laughs> works. It's the thing that I do. Um, Lucy has an equally weird experience or wrong experience at the bu- on the bus. I mean, it's not her fault, though. Again, you know. Yeah. I'm like, Simon basically brings his problems on to himself. Lucy is an innocent bystander, ba- bystander basically. Um, she's on the fresh or like she's on the bus with a lot of freshmen. I forgot that she's actually a sophomore. Uh, but I know. I, I forget that we're in the third season now. Yeah. Uh, but one of the freshman boys who's kind of full of himself, his name is Stevie Stevenson. That is true. Fake. Um, well, like, no one's <laughs> name is... Well, actually, no, people are terrible to their children. Steven Stevenson, I would believe it. Yeah. Yeah, or, yeah. and um, Stevie is played by Matthew Botuchis. Botuchis? Botuchis. Botuchis, yeah, maybe that one. I don't know. B-O-T-U-C-H-I-S. He's also from Even Stevens, and more notably, The Amanda Show. Yes. Um, but he plays, or he tries to play, the suave freshman boy who um, falls in love with Lucy. Says, too late, babe, I think Stevie's in love. 
Yeah, because Lucy is like, okay, so little. Um, Lucy's like, I have a boyfriend. Which is Jordan, by and, the way. Yeah, Remember him? Just, just to remind you all that that's from like three episodes ago or four episodes ago. She has not spoken of him. He has not appeared on screen. But he's her boyfriend. Um, and it's not just the line. She's not like, I have a boyfriend. Because, you know, <laughs> guys won't back off until like they see that girls are already taken. Yes. So, but this guy doesn't even back off then. So this guy, there's a girl like a few rows up from them, Sheila, who starts giving you know Lucy some dirty looks and watching them, and even though Lucy keeps saying like please leave me alone, Stevie Stevenson does not. Um, and then I don't know. He's like I had a girlfriend, but now I don't. No, he I, says that's my girlfriend, but we're only part time. Oh yeah, he's like that's what I yeah I I only have part time girlfriends, so I don't know if he's asking. Lucy to just be a part-time girlfriend, but... Sheila's not happy about this, and Sheila does the thing that I hate, which is instead of, like, being mad at her boyfriend who is hitting on other women, is mad at the other woman who is clearly rebuffing his, like, advances. Um, (laughs) She has a confrontation with Lucy outside of the school bus, which, like, to me, was the best part of the episode, mostly because of the way that Sheila decided to exit the screen. Um... Aaron and I were debating about how that happened. Aaron believes it was a moonwalk. Okay, well, <laughs> it looked like she just started walking backwards, but I, I, you, you thought it was a crab walk, but the there's point, nothing that indicated that. The point is... It was weird. It could have... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number one, no, no one would walk away like that. Yeah, like, it could be... I could understand her walking backwards away, but she walked backwards, like, to the left, to the right, to the left. She, like, exited to the right, to the left. Whatever. <laughs> was, like, but she turned her back. Like she didn't just turn. Like she didn't face the direction she was no, walking. Yeah. She turned her back and then started walking in the direction that her back was yeah. facing. It was very strange. Um, the like that. Af- this is the morning bus ride. The afternoon bus ride. Stevie's back, and this time Stevie looks like a young Zoolander, like, that, like from the Zoolander movies. And he puts on that voice too. You know, like the They're voice. Like, it's like a whisper talk, but also kind of like he's trying to be very, very suave. And like you know the the what is this made for ants? Like that thing, <laughs> that voice. I I clearly can't do it, but that's what Stevie was putting on. Um, so Lucy has another confrontation. This time, it's Sheila and her girls um, backing her up. Which uh, I guess 90s fashion a bit. That's yeah. Overalls. There were overalls all over this episode. We'll get to we'll get to the other overalls later. But these were different overalls. They weren't... These were um, the, the style of overall where you only button up one side of the shoulder, so, like, one shoulder's hanging down, so you look um, really... Tough. Tough. Um, so... This girl was a very tough girl, waiting for Lucy. And they're saying, meet me outside at 3 o'clock. And apparently, I guess they're going to fight. And Lucy's like, no, I'm well, not. Well, she's like, I don't want to fight anyone. I'm smarter than you and prettier than you. Well, I don't know. She she says a bunch of things that she has no St- unfounded st- Smarter, stronger, and something else. And then... Oh, one, older. Older, yeah. smarter, and stronger. And one of the girls goes, no, you're not. And she's like, yeah, but my sister is. <laughs> and then so she, her whole plan is to have... Mary fight her battle for her. So she goes She goes running to Mary, and Mary's like, how dare you ask me to do this for you when you refuse to ride with me and, like, are telling me that I'm a bad driver when I'm not. 
And she's like, no, it's not you. It's because everybody in the world knows how much mom and dad love each other because she's pregnant. And now she's, she's walking around with the evidence, like, in her... In her. I think she just says in her. So basically what we learn is we were mistaken when we thought that the kids were afraid for their lives. Instead, they're just embarrassed by uh, Annie showing off that she's pregnant and showing off how much sex. By showing off, they just mean like existing while (laughs) pregnant. (laughs) That that sounds like a great joke, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. Um, So the kids are basically upset that the fact that the parents are having so much sex is now displayed to the world. And that's why they don't want to be in the car with Mary. And Mary basically says, I hope they beat the snot out of you. Uh, yes. Which is a great response. Because, um, yeah, I mean, that's fucked up. Yeah, and also kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, like... like and he's, like, pretty visibly pregnant, and now they're like... I don't want you around me. Yeah, and also everyone... The family seems to be, like, everybody always seems to know what's going on. They're like, ah, the minister's kids, blah, blah, blah. So, like, everyone probably already knows she's pregnant. Um, The episode basically, that, like, uh, all the kids' storylines basically end with the fact that Lucy, like, decides not to go into the bus because she doesn't want to get into the fight with the three girls. Simon (laughs) is obviously kicked out of the bus, and they both end up riding back with Mary. And then um, after a scene which we'll get to uh, later on in our commentary. Mary basically goes, it's fine for you to, like, be embarrassed by our parents' like, hair or their, like, fashion sense, um, but you can't... You Not because they love each yeah. other. Yeah. Um, and, and you shouldn't, like... I don't know. Like, be ashamed you should, of yeah. the family. And that we, like, have good parents that, like, treat us and well and love us and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah, they're chastised well enough, I guess, whatever, it's yes. done. I'm, I mean, I wish they, like you said, though, like, they just run away from their problems, and, like, they should have gotten beat, beat up. <laughs> well, I mean, Simon, I feel like, what, so Simon, so everything's just back to normal, and we're gonna go back to the bullies being bullies, and the other kids being afraid of the bullies, and that's it. Right, yeah, he, like, solved the problem until he didn't. <laughs> yeah, and I guess we're gonna continue having creepy Stevie Stevenson just out in the world now. Like, laying claim to women. Oh, yeah, he says, like, a bunch of really stupid oh, things. yeah, He's yeah. like, you just don't know the way of, like, the bus and how, like, um, the man and women di- woman dynamic works here. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. We should move on to the next storyline, which is, I guess, the Rev storyline. Uh. So the Rev uh, is dealing with recent divorcee, uh, Elizabeth Brown. Yes, and we find out that her... Husband has just, they've just divorced, and her husband has moved back east, which we can only presume means New York. Um, and it's kind of alluded to in the first scene. Okay, so the Rev is getting ready to go visit this woman, and Annie kind of alludes to the fact that her and her husband got divorced um, partially because of, like, stress they might have been experiencing due to having lost their son about three years ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, we get that set up, and then the Rev goes over there, and he... I forget her name. Elizabeth. Okay, so she's Elizabeth. I keep 
confusing her with happy to be a live lady. That's Carolyn Fulton. Okay. So <laughs> Elizabeth Brown, um, he, his advice to Elizabeth is like, you should designate a t- like 15 minutes of the day to grieving, but then after that, you should open yourself up to possibilities and getting helped. And his idea is cry for 15 minutes and then uh, yeah. go, go to the salon. He was like, gotta let it all out. So the next scene we have is that this woman is sitting in a chair at the salon, and another woman walks in, Carolyn Fulton. And she's full of life, very happy. Someone's like, how are you today? And she's like, I'm happy to be alive. And we get the tale about how she got a heart transplant three years ago. And, uh, and she's like, thank God that young man died, so I have a heart. Um, and suddenly Elizabeth, is, who's getting her hair done, who didn't need to get her hair done, by the way. She, her hair was fine. She lights up, and she's like... <gasps> This woman is living a full life, and it might be because of my son's heart. Um, because we find out that uh, I thought that the Rev had set it up, said like go to the salon so you can see this woman. Because I thought this, that at first too. Yeah, that, that he tracked down the person already. But the Rev did not know. Uh, but apparently, Alan donate like Alan's organs were all donated. Uh, did we mention that that's his name? No, Alan, Alan is the, <laughs> the son who oh, has died. Yeah, Alan Brown is the son, and his all of his organs were donated after he died. And so the Rev, like, tries to get to the bottom of things, and he's like, do you know, Carolyn, if who, like, your heart comes from? Unfortunately, it's not from Alan, which is good. I thought that was good and realistic, because I was going to be mad if it ended up being the same one. Um, But he decides that it'd still still be good to have uh, Carolyn and Elizabeth be friends. Yes. So he, like, hooks them up, basically, and plays matchmaker. Um... Uh, I think the next kind of thing that happens with this is at the end. Yes. So we find out, I think that either Elizabeth says she could have, like, she could have given them her information or whatever. If she wanted to, the option was open for her to find out from the hospital where Alan's organs went, but she just didn't feel like she could handle it or whatever. So at the end, um, the Rev... There are, like, a lot of people in the Rev's office, and he tells Elizabeth, well, it's Elizabeth Carolyn, and then another person we'll talk about later. And he's like, oh, I found... I had a few responses to the uh, inquiry that I put out at the hospital, and Elizabeth says, you mean the... You mean response? And he's like, no, responses. And then a guy comes in, and we find out that he got Alan's heart or something. Yes. um, Lung, I don't know. Um, it's written down in the review, but I don't have it in front of me now. And then someone else walks in, and, and he's like, I got your son's eyes. And now I can see my own son. And it's all, and, and they a, all hug. A woman got his kidney, her, um, and it's all very, like, heartfelt, and all these parts of Alan now together. <laughs> so wait, this is what I thought was why they named this episode after... Like, they took a a famous line from Silence of the Lambs because even, like, there was no cannibalism, but also, like, at the end of the show, all of this guy's body parts were all... It it seems weird that they would do that, but I can't think of a single other reason why they would call it that. Um, So I guess the last story... And that's really the... Like, the end scene is them zooming out of the hug. Um... So the middle storyline we have is Matt's storyline, which I think, I don't know if it's even the main storyline, but it's, it's the one. It's what the Amazon Prime, like, synopsis is. Yeah. So. 
So Matt is driving, I don't fucking know where. It actually looks like the same road that he was hitchhiking on when he was going to uh, Pennsylvania to go see Heather. Except there's less stuff around. It's even more scary. And up until now, all we've seen him, like, all we've seen is, like, Glen Oak, that the, the kind of community that the Camdens live in. And, like, the college campus. But somehow, he's, I guess, to, to get to campus, he drives on this dirt road. And there's a pregnant woman next to her car. And being the reverend's son, he has to stop to aid this girl who looks like she needs help. Her name is Teresa, and she's played by Jenna Von Oy, uh, known most famously for the show Blossom. She's, like, a regular character from that show. Mm. That was one of my mom's favorite shows. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay. But, yes. Um, So he doesn't know anything about cars, but he decides to try to help Teresa anyway. Uh, As he's looking under the hood, Teresa steals his car. That's it. He's Yeah, he's, like, looking under the hood for not even that long either. And he's like, there are no loose wires or hoses sticking out. And and Matt's like, I don't even know why I'm looking. I don't know anything about cars. But obviously, set up for hijinks, stolen car. Um, and she drives away with his car, and he then tries to, like, start the car, and that's when the police show up. The po- we find out that the car that he can't start, uh, Teresa's car, is actually a stolen car, so it's not Teresa's car. And the police do not believe him when he says that there was a stranded pregnant woman who stole his car. Which is, like, ridiculous, because he's just trying to, like, file a police report, and right. they're like, oh, so he's like, are you going to arrest me? And they were like... We don't do that anymore. You just have to return it to the owner. And I was like, excuse, excuse me, is this a, cr- is this a crime or not? Um, I think we're led to assume, though, that he spends the rest of the day in jail or at the police station or something because he misses dinner. And when he comes home, he comes home with Sergeant Michaels. And we find out that now he's a the prime suspect until they can find the pregnant lady. In but Grand Theft Auto, remember that. But it's never been established that... Um, Matt has filed a police report still about the fact that this pregnant woman stole his car, and I found it really unsatisfying. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, the next thing we really have in the storyline is the Rev and Sergeant Michaels following a lead, where he's tracked down the car to, I don't know what this place is. Is it, like, a clinic, or... I don't... It was, like, Women's Health Center. Yeah. And there's a beautiful statue of a woman holding a baby, like, butt up in the air. So Teresa walks out, and we're led to assume, because this all happens off screen, that the Rev and the, Rev and the Sergeant, like, confront her, and he brings her home. And he brings her home to Annie Camden, who is, has her headphones in and is dancing around. With her, like, uh, disc man, I guess would be the appropriate... Uh, Oh, also, we forgot to mention, did we mention that Teresa is the other instance of overalls? Oh, yeah. No, we did not. She's just got, like, a red T-shirt. And she she only has one pair of clothes because we find out that she's a runaway. And um, she didn't pack, pack any clothes. more than one pair of clothes. Uh, she it, She's kind of like a Simpsons character. She's constantly wearing the same thing. Or any cartoon character. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, in this scene where she is introduced to Annie, she does not speak. No, she just makes noises and faces, and it's all very, very fascinating. Annie goes, I see that we have something in common, which made me yag. It's like, what? That's stupid. And then Annie, like, assumes that... So we find out that the parents don't know 
that this girl is pregnant. The way that they've, like, narrated this, though, it seemed like she just recently ran away and stole the car. But she's obviously been missing. If her parents don't know she's pregnant, she's been gone for a few months because she's very... She's visibly pregnant. Very visibly pregnant, just like our user review was telling us. Yes. Um, and so, but the Rev's like, actually, I think it's better if you talk to her parents, not me. Um, so the next scene with Teresa is Teresa and Matt doing laundry, and Teresa's apologizing for stealing the Camaro, and they have a heartfelt conversation about... How her parents don't love her. Wait, no. It comes later. no. Because later on, he, he references a conversation that we never saw them have. And now I'm, like, putting that... Con- <laughs> I'm imagining that that conversation happened on screen. Well, they have a conversation about how she... Like, her parents told her not to have sex, and then she had sex, and then her parents told her not to get pregnant, and then she got pregnant. And basically said, if you get pregnant, don't, don't show your face. do come to us, yeah. And so she's not. She ran away. And he's like, so they don't know? And she's like, nope, no, they don't know. I left as soon as, like, I found out. Um, again, I don't understand how this works in the timeline of stealing cars and everything else. Uh, but I, I guess she's been at the Women's Health Center for a while. I don't... Yes. But now she's staying with the Camdens. Has she been living in the car? Has she been living at the Women's Health Center? It's all very... Uh, Does she not have any clothes? These are all... Seventh Heaven isn't big on details. Uh, uh, the parents come in, and you made a really good point. They very much reminded me and you <laughs> of a young uh, Richard and Emily, Emily Gilmore, um, and Teresa being Lorelai, I guess. Except much more dry. Yes, and a lot worse, actually. Um, so they see a very dramatic reveal where Teresa stands up and then turns. <laughs> and they were like, we pretty much figured. <laughs> because if their daughter ran away from home, it had to be because they aren't terrible, but because she is pregnant. Um, uh, they make the assumption that Matt's her boyfriend, and he's like, no. Wait, and it's weird because at first they are like, oh, the minister called us over, and they think like they're in trouble or something. And then they're like, oh, you're hanging out with the minister's son, huh? And then they're like, oh, figures that the, the minister's son got you pregnant. And they're just making all of these assumptions. And Matt's like, no. I'm just a friend. Now I understand that why she wants to be loved and Yeah, wants and she wants baby. to have the baby so someone will love her. Which, again, we did not see this conversation happen, so don't know when that happened. Uh, there's a big dramatic scene where Annie gives a speech about everybody makes mistakes. And our kids have made some whoppers. Uh, but that doesn't mean we stop, stop loving them. And, but they can't be moved. Uh, and they just leave. They're yeah. like, don't call us. Don't well, like- before they leave, they say something along the lines of, and they have five kids, so they're not like ones to talk. And, and two on the way or whatever. Which, again, I don't know how these people gathered so much information just from coming into the Camden's house. But... They know that, they leave, and then, so the big, the big grand plan, because obviously now this girl's parents have, like, officially disowned her, and the Rev is just like, huh, so too he's bad. Like, he's like, who's, who just is recently divorced, apparently has money, and um, 
It, like it, it's well, take a, care of your baby. Yeah, who has it, an empty nest? Uh, well. And it's Elizabeth Brown. And who has Elizabeth Brown recently come into contact with? Caitlin Fult. Carolyn Fulton. The very last scene is the three of them walking into the Rev's office looking like a new big happy family. And I just... They had just been shopping. They got their bags. Maternity clothing that she finds very hip because they're from vintage shops. Oh, yeah. It was Annie. Apparently Annie gets her maternity clothing from... Secondhand places. Um, And... But, like, the basically they're, like, the picture-perfect view of this, like, brand-new, new-age family. It's, like, Carolyn and Elizabeth are lovers now, and they've taken in um, <laughs> Teresa and her unborn child. And like, th- that child's going to be, like, my three moms. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, cool, I like this. I can get behind this. Let's do some fanfic on this. But then um, one of the, like, first, as we mentioned earlier, one of the, like, people that, like, Alan's, body parts went to uh, walks in and it's a man who has Alan's heart and I was like oh my god this is great now it's like very elaborate fanfic very crowded fanfic yeah so this guy and then Carolyn are going to be fighting for Elizabeth's heart and all of them will be like parents to Teresa literally her heart because they're cannibals as well oh that was it That we, we said that the fanfic would be that they're a cannibal family and they're going to eat the baby I didn't get behind eating the baby part, but that was all Aaron. Why else would this be the title? I just Well, I'm I don't know. I don't I can't get behind the brains of the people in charge here. <laughs> like there's no point. Who knows why they do the things they do? Anyway, That's... I'm sorry. I got completely off track, but that is the episode. It's done. That's it. What a climactic finish there. <laughs> That's it. Over. Um Okay. We forgot to mention our Lucy's the worst moment, but I feel like both of ours is the same. And I'm just going to say it's when she decides to go to ask Mary for help when she's been nothing but awful to Mary the entire time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, Lucy is pretty, like, tame in this episode. Either that. I also thought when she was, like, when she brings Mary into it, she's like, my sister's bigger and she's going to fight you. I was like, that's, like, a thing people didn't, like, well, you wouldn't know that she didn't have any other siblings. No. But, like, I feel like that was, like, a thing people would be like, well, I have an older brother, sister, whatever, and... And, like, no one ever actually fought, but it was always just, like, they're smarter than you. I would, first of all, I am not physically able to defend my brother or sister because uh, I'm smaller than them. Um, so they beat you up. Yeah, if I ever got into a fight, like, defending their honor or something. <laughs> Which you wouldn't. I wouldn't, exactly. Uh, I mean, I love them and all, but I don't want to get my head bashed in. I mean, I didn't want to get my head bashed in back then. <laughs> I guess I also don't Maybe want to now. Maybe now you want to get your head bashed, you know. Anyway. Who is your best Camden for this episode? I was going to go with Mary just I'm, because she's I want, the I pick Mary as well. Because she um, tells all the other kids, like, leave everyone alone. First of all, I guess she stands up for herself, which is good. But uh, she, Not really, but it's mostly for the parents, but... They, they're, yeah. My main reason for showing her, uh, uh, for picking her, was because she called the highway a four lane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was very excited about driving. And apparently, from what we've seen, is a good driver. I don't know. We saw her exit a school. That's really it. A parking lot, yeah. So, that's, uh, that's the episode. What's uh, your rating? I'm going to give it a three for the lack of cannibalism. <laughs> um, I think... It was fine. I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'll be generous a little bit. All right. All right. Well, again, not their best work. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. I think so far, though, season three doesn't have, maybe had like one dud, 
Yeah, but, like, the rest of the episodes have been, like, the highest that I've rated so far. Yeah, yeah, it's off to a, a strong start. Hopefully yeah. it'll carry through. We've got, oh, God, a lot more left. Um, so while you are waiting for the next episode to come on your <laughs> iTunes, um, which will be on Wednesday. Check out all of our photos and videos and things Those at... Um, our Twitter or our Instagram, which are both at Camden Cast Show, or our Facebook, which is just Camden Cast. Of course, remember to subscribe to our iTunes, and we would love it if you would rate, review, and rate subscribe. And subscribe, which I said already. Um, well, I'm Tanby. And I'm Erin. And this was Camden Cast. Bye.